You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hi, Melissa. Hey, Elisa. It's that time again. It's that time again. Episode 379 of Geekiest Show Ever. What shall we talk about today? Well, we were talking about it and we, we were trying to hold off on it, but I kept wanting to talk about it anyway. So I thought what we would do today is talk about our wish list items, you know, things that we saw within the event that we really liked that checked off our boxes that we kind of had running and maybe some things that missed the mark that, you know, are not quite there that are still on our wish list that we wish, you know, if, if you were to write a, a letter to Tim, what would it say? You know, I would like this feature and why I would like it. So what, what kinds of things are you still hoping for that that haven't materialized in the previews for iOS 16? I want to see better syncing between contacts. Me too. You know, you put a contact in Mac, it doesn't show up on iOS. And if you put it on iOS, it doesn't show up on Mac. Or it does, but it just takes a while. It just seems like this. No, mine is... doesn't show up. I end yeah. up having to physically put the information in myself. Mm. Well, I mean, there might be some kind of checkbox that isn't, isn't checked somewhere. Because remember a while ago, I told you I was having that issue too. And it turned out it was an old iPad that I had set aside that I wasn't using for anything, but I was still signed in with that Apple ID. Because here's the other thing is, I want shared contacts. Like they like they talked about having shared photos. I want to be able to do that same kind of workflow with contacts. Because for a family like ours, you know, we've got four or five family members sharing in our iCloud family. And like, for example, I'll give you a real world example. I had a nephew who recently had a birthday and um, I was texting with, with his mother, my sister. And I said, you know, is this his phone number? Oh, you know, he had gotten a new phone number. That's why he hasn't been getting your texts. So, because I'd wished him a happy birthday. And so I had to update the contact card, but then, you know, he's a family member and his cousins want to be able to text with him too. So it would have been nice if, if there was something I could have done to update that contact card, but then have it update on all the other family members devices. And the only thing that comes close to that is my husband and I, not the kids, because I kind of feel like, you know, maybe they're not old enough to manage all that kind of stuff, or they could delete something by accident. So and that could be one of the reasons why it's tough to iron this stuff out. But so what my husband and I do is we have a separate Apple ID that we use. And the only thing we use that Apple ID for is for syncing contacts. But see, then there lies the problem. So this this separate Apple ID that we've been using for just for contacts. I had that signed in on an iPad that I had kind of like it was an older iPad that I was tinkering around with. And I set it aside and I guess I hadn't paid any attention to it. Well, here, I guess it needed to update or there was something that was requiring it to re-sign back into iCloud. Maybe it timed out or something like that. And that's what was causing the same kind of problem that you're having, where I would go and put something in there. And for the longest time, like it would never update, it would never synchronize. And I was like, what is going on? And I would check all the devices. And nope, it wasn't synchronizing. And it wasn't until I got to that older iPad and signed in, you know, made it happy. And then everything synced like a charm, everything synced perfectly as expected. So I just have to wonder if there's something in your, in your topology somewhere that might be gumming up the works. Like there's one thing that's missing a toggle switch or something. You know, I don't know. I mean, they're all checked off for iCloud. Mm -hmm. 
So it should be, they should be bouncing up to iCloud and then bouncing down to my device, but they're not. Just like messages. Right. So messages is something similar like that. It has that kind of syncing. Messages I'm finding, at least for me, it's not syncing between group texts. So, you know, as we've talked about before, you know, you and I and Kevin have a group text going on. Mm -hmm. And so often I will be, say, you know, evening and we're texting each other and I'm on the iPad, the next morning when I go to my computer, it might say five unread texts. I'm like, no, I'm all caught up. Mm -hmm. And then I open it and it's some of the texts from the night before between you and me and Kevin. I was only having that problem with um, workout kudos. Those weren't always syncing. Those were the only things that weren't syncing. That was a huge problem for a while. And Mm -hmm. then it finally fixed itself. So um, yeah, so every now and then one won't will not sync properly. But for the most part, at least for me, they are. It's it's more of a group text thing. There, I was having that same group text problem. And I did fix it. And it, I'm looking in my iOS settings right now to see where it was, if I can find it again. Um, in iOS, in the settings, so you would do this on your iPad or on your iPhone. I guess you would do it on your iPhone because I think that's where it originates. I didn't have text message forwarding turned on. That's where it was. Under on iPhone, on iOS, under messages, and it's closer to the bottom. Scroll down and then it says text message forwarding. So for mine, I have it checked on for my Mac and for my iPad. But I was having that same problem. And I was like, why aren't I getting the messages on my iPad the same as I am on my iPhone or my Mac? Because those two were syncing, but this switch was turned off. And I think it Mm -hmm. had something to do with the fact that my iPad had gotten replaced. Remember that I was having all those problems and then they replaced it. So I think that that switch got turned off. That's what Mm -hmm. I'm saying. I think sometimes, even though we've looked in the past, we're like, but all the switches are checked. I think something happens. I don't know what, but something happens and it causes a toggle switch to be turned off. And then we don't know about it. And then we're wondering why we have these problems. And eventually you discover it. So I would I would say go through and like just look at all those toggle switches, maybe even turn them off and turn them back on again and see if they've done it. Well, like I told you before we started recording, I updated uh, to the latest version of Monterey on my iMac, Mm -hmm. which I had forgotten about because we've already gone ad nauseum about the problems with this machine as far as the slowness. But it was I updated it. Last time we recorded, and then I just turned the machine off. So when I turned it on this morning, it went through all the windows just as if it was a brand new, you know, not even a point update, a a full number update. And I went through everything. And then I found I had this huge number next to messages. And again, like you said, I went in, I looked at the preferences, it turned off iCloud syncing. Yeah. It's like, yeah, why did you do causes, that? Yeah, why, why does it get turned off for some reason? Because I've seen that numerous times across other people's devices, too. So that's just what I, that's my, that would be my, my educated guess is that somewhere along the line, something got turned off and you just didn't see it or know it. Some, somewhere in the background. Gnomes, we'll just blame it on the gnomes. <laughs> I know I'm not the only one. A lot of people right. have problems with contact syncing. Yeah, yeah. So con- so better, that's that's definitely top of our wish list is just better synchronization within contacts. And, and I would like to add to that the ability to be able to share contacts. Now, that's probably, I was, I was thinking, I was ruminating about this earlier. I'm thinking, why, why does it seem like contacts is, I don't know, like it's just not, it seems like it's always left behind. I just I I can't remember 
the last time they demoed something about contacts. Can you? I mean, in hmm. the last several demonstrations, in the last several Apple events, when was the last time? Yeah, it's a good question. Demonstrated something specifically in the contacts app. So, for example, like we still can't. Another thing on my list is we still can't manage groups in iOS. We can do it no. on on the Mac, but that's the only place. In fact, in fact, I just had this problem. You used to be able to, at least on an iPad or an iPhone, if you you know showed the desktop view, you could go into Safari, log into your iCloud account there, and you could manage groups that way. You could, you know, click and drag a contact. I mean, it was kind of clunky because you were doing it on this teeny tiny screen and you're using a desktop version of the web browser. But it was it was doable in a pinch, you know, and I'll tell you why it's so important, because, for example, like, you know, they're talking about health management and sharing of health data and things like that. Well, one of the biggest components of when you're when you're a caregiver, when you're um, helping, another, you know, assisting a parent, a loved one, you know, some other family member. Now it'll be nice that you can help manage their medication if you can, you know, get them to train to actually like check the box off and and do that sort of thing. But let's say, you know, it's us, you know, into the future. We hopefully like our children will be able to do that. They'll help us manage our medications and our blood pressure and our, our vitals and things like that. You can share those kinds of things with your family members. But you can't share contacts with family members easily. Sure, you know, you can tap the share button and you can share um, an individual contact. So it's not like you can't share contacts. It's just that I wish that the database was able to be synced and shared, like the whole database, or or just not even a whole database, but a group. That's what I really, really want. I really want to be able to share an entire group. So for example, this, this had happened recently. Um, we're helping a loved one with their healthcare needs. And there's a lot of appointments going on. There's a lot of doctors, you know what that's like. There's, there's all these different um, businesses and, you know, contacts basically that you need to manage. Like this is the scheduler and this is this doctor and this is that doctor. Well, wouldn't it be great if between, and this is multiple family members, this is like, you know, three to four different family members that are assisting with all of the care, you know, this one person needs. And it's a whole team of, it's a, it's basically a group, a group effort. And so wouldn't it be nice if like in calendars and in the future in photos or notes, you know, those kinds of things that we could just say, okay, here's the group for this person, you know, this is or you could say, you know, something, something team, or, you know, just just name a group of of something that that you're going to store all of the contacts that are relevant to that particular thing that's happening, or even just a project just from a project management, say you're collaborating, say you and I, you know, even just with podcasting, we could say, let's say we have, um, we're going to interview people. And let's say we have an interview list, wouldn't it be great if you and I had a just, you know, a, a GSE, you know, geeky show ever group. And then every time we meet somebody, we, we make a contact card for the person, we put that person in that group. And then you and I can share that group, right? Mm-hmm. And then that's, let's say, um, oh, you know, this person we're going to interview next week, well, they changed their email address, or I have a new phone number for that person. If I update that contact card, then it would be nice if you and I are sharing that group, that GSE group, then you would get the updated information. So say the person that we're going to interview 
in two weeks from now gets a new phone number, I can say, hey, can you call so-and-so or you know, prep them for the interview or something? And all you have to do is just open up contacts and there's their phone number. You don't have to like come to me and say, you know, oh, can you text it to me? And then it gets lost or you know, something like that. Just yeah, like, just like our shared vault and one password. Exactly. You make exactly. a change or you add or delete something, it immediately reflects on my end. Exactly. Like, wouldn't that be great? I, I just, I guess mm. I don't understand why... The only thing I can think of, like I said, I was ruminating about this. I'm, the only thing I can think of is the reason why this hasn't been, I'll just say like why it seems like it's been neglected is maybe it's just a, a privacy hurdle that needs to be, because, you know, we, I think we talked about it a while ago, or at least I've, I've been thinking about this a lot. Like, let's say you install a new app and, um, you know, even, even just say, uh, you know, this language app that I'm using, Duolingo. In order to be able to see what other friends are using the app, it wants access to my contacts. I mean, that seems harmless, harmless enough, right? But what if it, what if it's some app that I'm using? And I don't know, for whatever reason, you have to give it permission to access your contacts. I mean, this is a big Facebook thing, right? Like you have to say, oh, well, you want to see who's on Facebook that's in your contacts list. You have to give Facebook permission to see, not only see, but then upload all of that details. And like, what if you have, you know, passwords? I mean, I, we talked about this before. I always, I've seen people do this. I don't do it, but I've seen people keep their passwords stored in their contacts notes section. And that's not cool. <laughs> like, don't do that. But for that very reason, you know, you could be using an app, like say Facebook, for example, and it says, you know, oh, you know, we're going to help facilitate this process for you so that you don't have to reach out to each individual person. Just give us your contacts list we'll upload it to our servers and then we'll cross modulate things and we'll synchronize it and see, you know, who matches what based on email addresses, phone numbers or whatever information they have on people. Oh, well, here's your whole list of friends. These are all the people on Facebook. Oh, and here's a bunch of people like LinkedIn did this a long time ago, where you uploaded your whole contacts list. This is why it got really dicey. And um, this happened to a family member of mine a long time ago. They didn't realize what was happening. And, you know, it happens. I'm not faulting the person or anything. But they checked the box, or I think I think this is what happened years ago. The box was checked for them. It wasn't opt-in. It was opt-out. And that's stinky. Like, the, that should never have been that way. Right. But the box was checked. They they basically gave LinkedIn permission to upload their entire con- con- contacts list. And then also in the little, like, text below, it said something to the effect of, like, you know, you want all your friends to be on LinkedIn, right? So on your behalf, we're going to send all your friends an email saying that you would like to get connected and that they should also install LinkedIn or something to that effect, right? And this person ended up feeling like they spammed all their friends and they had to send out this apology letter. And I mean, I knew it was happening, so I wasn't offended, but there, that this person had gotten so many requests or so, um, or so many responses back from other people saying, did you get hacked? Or, you know, did you give out my information? Like, I didn't give this this app permission. And I think I've been hacked now, because now they're sending me all these emails about, do you want to sign up for LinkedIn? You want to sign up for LinkedIn, right? Right? You want to have a LinkedIn account. And it was really annoying to people. So it, was, it wasn't a hack, but it was spam, you know, and so then this poor person felt so terrible, because they had accidentally done this and basically spammed their entire contact list. You know, like, again, I said, I I understood what was happening. So I wasn't directly like offended by it. But so many other people, retired people, you know, people who don't use LinkedIn would never have any need to have never even heard of it. They were really upset about it. And that's how, how 
messing around with with contacts can get messy and can start to go down this this rabbit hole of like voiding trust between people when it comes to sharing information. Do you remember there was something called Plaxo? Have you ever used Plaxo? Oh, yes. I remember hearing of it. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it was basically what we're talking about. It was like a shared, um, you could share like a database of of contacts. Basically, you could ask people to opt in, you know, say, I'm using Plaxo. Could you please populate your information so that I have the most up-to-date contact information for you? And it asks for birthdays and um, your phone numbers, address, you know, all your, all the stuff that you would put into a contacts list. I mean, on the premise of it, it sounded great. Like, hey, I'm using this th- this tool so that I can wish you a happy birthday or, you know, that if you move, then you update your card. And that just like what we were talking about, if, if you like say when you move and you get a new address, if you used this tool at the time, you would put your information in and then I wouldn't even have to do anything. It would just synchronize my contact list. Mm-hmm. Right. But see, that was back in the day when, you know, we were still kind of used to like, well, hey, we grew up with a phone book, like a literal yellow pages phone book, right? And then and white pages and, and Rolodex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like everybody's everything was just out there. Your address, like anybody could look you up in the phone book and they could find out where you live, your middle name, your last name, you know, if you opted in, right, if you did not have a private number. Right, right. But I mean, most everybody did that back then, because nobody really worried about it that much. I mean, yeah, I knew a handful of people that went out of their way to make sure that they had a private number. But then I also know a handful of people that have worked in call centers and told me that there's basically no, no such thing as an unlisted number. That if they want to get you, they'll get you. They'll just they'll just buy banks of numbers and they'll just robo dial everything. So it seemed like, well, I'll pay extra money for an unlisted number and then I won't get bothered by by the telemarketers, right? But then that just didn't materialize. It didn't keep anybody safe. So it was kind of a kind of worthless. So I don't know. I mean, our I don't even know. Our white our white pages, our our yellow our uh, phone books even published anymore. When was the last time you used a phone? The last book? one we got one, I want to say, was maybe two years ago. We uh, we haven't gotten a white pages, and I couldn't even tell you how long. But every now and then, you know, you go outside and you see this yellow page book sitting in my driveway <laughs> that somebody threw. <laughs> yeah. And I would keep it, but yeah. maybe once a year I would look through it. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, there used to be like good coupons in there. And, you know, occasionally, yeah, for if you need a plumber, businesses. what do you do? You go on Google and you go, plumbers near yeah, me. Exactly. You know? And then exactly. you go on Facebook. Anybody know of a good plumber? Mm-hmm. So I guess, you know, maybe I, I'm just guessing, but maybe that's the reason why, I, I don't know, maybe contacts, maybe sharing of contacts and syncing of databases is just a hot mess. And maybe it's just something that they don't want to touch. I, I don't know. And like I said, you can share an individual contact card, but then when things change, you have to share that card again, and then you have to replace that. And, and that's a mess too. So I just wonder you know, what is the solution to being able to share a group of, or or even individual, but, you know, mostly I think what I'm after is a group, because that's kind of how we use it. Like I said, we have, we have kind of a his, hers, and ours thing going on. Like he has his Apple ID, I have my Apple ID. And then we have this one shared Apple ID. And I use that one shared Apple ID for syncing, you know, just for storing contacts of things that we share. So that we don't have to have, like I said, we don't have to have our separate IDs managing that stuff because if something changes with a cousin 
or a relative or a business or, you know, say the roofer, like, you know, we're, we, we're going to have some roof work done. We both have, I have a businesses group of, of all just businesses. I have a healthcare group. I have a friends group. Those are all friends that we share. So anytime, I mean, that's, that's what's working for us right now. I just wish we didn't have to do this extra step, but we have those individual groups. And when something changes, say, you know, say the roofer has uh, a new mobile number or sends us a a different contact of somebody else we're supposed to talk to, like another subcontractor or something. Whenever that happens, I go on my Mac, I go into that businesses group and I make a new card or I modify the existing card and then it gets updated on my husband's phone. But then you have to log out of your Melissa ID and then log into your Mrs. Melissa ID. Nope, nope. No? It's just a second. So when you, because I guess you haven't set up a secondary uh, Apple ID, but you can do that. No, nope. I hope they don't nope. take that feature away. But yes, you can have multiple Apple IDs set up, but there is a there is such a thing as a primary. So both of us have our primary Apple ID logged in. That's where everything defaults to. And and actually in the messages setting, you can choose. So let's say, um, so that's one of the sticking things. So yeah, I would have to go into settings and change the default. Say if I were entering a new card on my iOS device, that's what I mean. This is not a problem on the Mac, but on iOS, you have to go through these extra hoops in order to get it to populate in the right place. So let's say, Let's say we got a new business, a new business person. Let's say we hired a gardener or something. And okay, that new gardener's name is, you know, Sam Smith or something. I populate that contact, but I have to make sure that it's going to go in our shared Apple ID contacts and not my primary Apple ID. Are you with me so far? Mm-hmm. So yep. we have so we have a secondary and that's and it's just called shared iCloud. That's just what I call it, because you know how you can name it something. Um, you know, each of our iClouds are our Apple ID. And then this this one is tied to an email address that we share. So, you know, like I said, we have a his, hers, and ours. We have his, then mine, and the one that we share. And then that's where I, I use to populate all that stuff. So say you could do that with your husband. If you had a whole group of, of people that you shared, you know, for planning and coordinating things and events and stuff, that's what you would use. Because if you just put it in yours, then he'll never see it. You know what I mean? Or you have to, like a cave person, tap the share sheet, and then text them the card. But then again, like I said, if if something changes on that card, they're not going to get that change. Right. They have to right. manually do it. So that's what we do to avoid having to do all that manual stuff is we have that that other secondary shared iCloud account. And that's all we use it for is just syncing contacts. It's the only thing we use it for. I just wish that there was an easier way to do it within our own Apple IDs. Like I said, I mean, you can do these kinds of things in the Photos app, or you will be able to in the future, you can do it with notes, you can do it with um, calendars, you know, same thing with calendars. And you know, that's actually where we end up putting a lot of stuff when we're managing medical stuff for our family members, we put it in the notes there. So but that's, that's what was really frustrating is, you know, we had this group of, of healthcare, uh, you know, healthcare team, basically, and because there's different people having to make phone calls for different things, I wanted to be able to say, okay, this doctor is a new doctor. This is their contact information. I wanted to be able to put it in that person's group and then have that sync across my husband's phone and the other family member's phone. But we can't do that. It's just you have to share the individual card. And I wish that I could just have a group that synchronizes. So that's a future wish list thing. Again, I think it's probably one of those things where 
it's probably a privacy issue. But then again, when I think about that, then I think, well, then how did they overcome privacy issues with sharing photos? How did they overcome privacy issues with sharing notes? So then I kind of like go back and forth. Well, is it or isn't it a privacy issue that's that's preventing them from developing that more fully? And plus, like you said before, the fact that Facebook asked you or LinkedIn asked you to upload your list of contacts, which I never, ever do, ever, (laughs) under any circumstance. I I used to a long time ago. No, I've never have. It's like, it's none of your business and it's not my place to do so. It is not my place to tell Facebook that your phone number is, your mailing address is, and your birthday is. That's your decision, not mine. So I I never do that. I I don't even like using the Messenger app for that reason, because it just, it, it, it gets all that information. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing take, you know, it's one thing me giving up my information, I'm not going to give up yours. Right, right. But so many people have for so many years, and like I said, I'm guilty of it. I did it a long, long time ago, because I used Plaxo because, you know, when I was starting my business, I thought, oh, this is a great business collaboration tool, you know, here we can share all this information. And I can stay up to date on people's phone numbers and emails and, you know, keep it all organized and be able to communicate with people. I was really big into being able to send people birthday cards, you know, and if people moved, I wanted to be able to know, you know, what's their new address so I can send them, send them, send them a card. You know, I was just, I was just into that kind of stuff. I I think most people that do that, that upload their contact list to a particular service, they're not being malicious. I think they're right. just going, oh, maybe I didn't know that my high school friend is on Facebook and they'll tell me that they are and we can reconnect or something, mm-hmm. even though I haven't talked to her in 15 years. Hopefully her email address is the same. So mm-hmm. they don't have malicious intent. They just think, oh, isn't that cool? I'll find more people. Well, but see, and then the data companies who do this stuff, and I'm not saying that, you know, Plax or anybody was evil. Again, I don't, I don't know that they were malicious either, but sometimes it makes me wonder. I mean, they're they're a company. They have shareholders. They they have fiduciary responsibility to make money. It could be that they're selling your data. And, and well, of course they are. Know. Like I said, people just don't they don't stop and really think about it. They just say, "Oh, that's kind of fun. Okay, I'll do that." Well, yeah, and they don't tool, stop and realize, "Wait a minute, what am I actually doing here?" Yeah, this tool is going to make not only my life easier, it's going to make their life easier. I'm doing a good thing. I mean, you know, that's what I legitimately thought a long time ago. This is a good tool. It's going to save us time. It's going to make it easier for the person on the other end. It's going to make it easier on my end. But then what are you compromising? You're you're sacrificing privacy. You know, I guess it was just hard, you know, coming from the age of where, but we all used a a phone book, (laughs) a public phone book. Like, what is the big deal? But it's all about selling that data and then see, I guess, you know, really that's the difference is, yeah, individual people could stalk you like with a phone book. They could look you up and find you. And you'd have to one person at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Let me look up Elisa's phone number. Now let me look up Kevin's. And really your phone book is only your general area. Mm -hmm. So if I wanted to look you up, I would have to go to a library, hope that they have an Arizona phone book. Yeah. So I would have to go through a lot of work back then to try to find your phone number if you didn't want to give it to me. Right. So now having a digital phone book really, really messes things up and it really invades people's privacy because now it's all robotic. Now it's just anybody can do anything with that data and really target you for all kinds of 
you know, identity fraud or just, yeah. you know, So at the same time, remember how you could call the operator? Yeah, that's true. And you could just say, I'm looking for a phone number for Melissa Davis. I just know that she lives in, you know, such and such a place. Mm-hmm. And they'd go, oh, well, I have one for, you know, 123 Lincoln Avenue. Yep, I think that's the one. Okay, mm-hmm. 555. Yep. Now there's things like Spokio and you can Google people and it's just... Oh, Does, yeah, I, I, oh, I love this. Does find out if your your best friend has a record. You know, it's like, come on. <laughs> so what do you think about that, though? I mean, would you want, you might not have a use for it, but I mean, can you think of what, what would be the privacy implications of having a feature like that where you're a family and you want to share a group of contacts with people in your family group? I don't see what the problem is, especially in your scenario where it's health issues and you've got doctors and or even business like you, just managing you know, a house you know? yeah i just want to have a bunch of you know this is the plumber this is the electrician this is the roofer this is the landscaper this is the you know all of the all of the business i mean think about it all the, like you're you know you're building a house think of all the things that go into managing a home over the course of living in that home you know you've got all of these these uh, professionals, basically, it's only it's almost like it's your personal like Angie's list, and I mean that and that's what was really crucial about when we were buying this house, and moving to this area, we had to learn all of that stuff all over again. You know, we didn't know, and that's why it was good to have a realtor because then they have all those contacts, right. and then there's all that sharing that's going on. You know, they're they're giving us this list of all these inspectors. I mean, we, we must have had like five or six different inspections. But I wonder if they're looking at business people differently than private people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, like, say, say you and your cousin who lives in Pennsylvania, you have mutual friends, like friends that you grew up with that live all around the country. And you have those contacts of those people. And you know that they would be good if your cousin had those contacts, too. Apple might be saying, no. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't do a share. But then, like you said, what's stopping you from sending one card at a time? Right. Yes, it's a pain in the neck, but what's stopping you from saying, here's Mary's card, here's Bill's card, you know, mm-hmm. and just sending it to your cousin. That, but then at the same time, you're not going to have that updating immediately. Like you said, you found out that Bill moved, mm-hmm. you change it on your end. Now you have to send that card back to your cousin because, hey, Bill moved, here's his new information. Right. So like you hear a lot of people talking about with Apple, you've got the privacy, but you have to determine where you are in the spectrum of privacy and security versus ease. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's that balance it, you have to yeah, that's the thing. And it's not like you're going to go to all your contacts and you're going to say, I'm going to share you with someone. Is that okay? I'm going to share you with someone. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. You know, you're not going to do that. Right. Right. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's messy, but yet at the same time, I just wonder why it hasn't been developed more fully like or even just just with the whole groups thing like that that's one of my biggest pet fees is why can we not manage groups in ios like why i mean you you can you can go out to the to the app store and purchase and, and pay a monthly subscription and i haven't done this because i haven't found one that that i feel like i could trust but again you have to go buy an app install it and then pay a monthly subscription fee for the privilege of being able to synchronize groups and remove duplicates and all that kind of stuff. I mean, we could do all that kind of stuff in the in macOS when it comes to managing contacts. But in iOS, 
you have to go to a third party source and then that's not safe. Then you're back to the whole problem like with, you know, Plaxo or Facebook where you're uploading yours and everybody else's information to a server. This is why I haven't gone and done it. You have to upload a database to a server and then they, you know, they help you do the parts that you want to do. They help you pick it apart and organize it into groups. Why can't we do that natively? And why did they take away the ability to do it in the web browser? Because like I said, you used to be able to, in a pinch, like say I wanted to move this contact into this group, but I wasn't near my computer and I wasn't going to be near my computer for quite a while. Like I was out out in the field, out in the road. In, in iOS, at least I could open up Safari log into my iCloud account and manage contacts that way. And now that's gone. So what is the deal? Maybe, maybe they're preparing to do it. I don't know. But what is the deal with that? that and if I you're just... like two of my kids, they have iPhones, they don't have computers. Yeah. So their contacts is just one long list. Well, and, and that's, that's how it's been with my husband, because, you know, he has a really old Mac, but you know, he doesn't really touch it. He mostly uses his work machine. So in effect, I mean, he doesn't have a Mac either. He just has his iPhone. That is his portable computer. Like that's what he uses on a day to day for, for everything that's not work related. He uses his phone. And that's why we were sitting there really frustrated the one time when we were trying to work out like, okay, you scheduled this appointment with this doctor and I scheduled this appointment with this doctor. Now let's, you know, cross pollinate here. Oh, but we also have to involve this other family member who doesn't share our shared Apple ID. The shared Apple ID is only for him and I. I'm not going to share that with this other family member because it's got, you know, my cousins and, you know, people that they don't even hmm. know on it, right? We would almost have to create a separate Apple ID just for the purposes of doing that. And that's just, that's just, no, that's, that's painful. That's not, that's not a solution to the problem. When it, when it starts to create more problems than it solves, then no, it's not a solution. So, yeah, I mean, that's where the pain point was when we're sitting there on the couch right next to each other with our phones and, you know, that's all we had at the time. Or, you know, say we're in a waiting room and we're trying to do this, not near a computer anywhere, and we're trying to share information and having to go about it where we have to, like, share the card and then re-import it and all that stuff. It was just, it was like, why can't we just... <laughs> that's that's been that's been my my big looming question why can't i just <laughs> hmm. dot, if i dot, could dot. do it there's so many things that you can do on mac os that you can now do on ios why is this not one of those things in 2022 and in 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 a looming ios 16 why i just i don't know i i just i just wonder what the deeper reason is and and like i said it's probably privacy snafus but then again you can do so many other sharing things that also involve privacy, like photos. I mean, there's a lot of private information. I mean, photos, we're not just taking pictures of people anymore. We're taking pictures of data. And that data is now extractable from an image that you can create text with now. And and not even not even photos, but videos. You can now extract text out of videos too. So so where where are the privacy implications for that? I mean, so that's why I keep going back and forth. It's like, is it privacy or isn't it? Is it privacy or is it just lack of development? Is it just lack of priority? Why isn't it prioritized? It's something we all use. I don't quite get it. So I don't know. Do you, do you have anything more about contacts? I, I don't want to keep droning on about it, but no. contacts is just this this big missing feature thing for me that I wish would be updated. So groups management and sharing contacts uh, 
within groups, a shared group. That's, that's what I want. That's what I really, really want. What I really want, the way you want to do group management, mm-hmm. I want to be able to delete a screenshot or a photo from, mes- from messages conversation. So hmm. for people who don't know, if you go, I'm opening up my messages now. So I'm going to go into our group message. So if you click on under, actually, let me go to, so I click on your name. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is your name pops up and it comes up call, video, mail, or info. Right. But if I scroll up, it shows photos, see all, links, see all, documents, and screenshots. So if I click on see all on the photos, it will show any photo that I sent you within a message. Yes. So a lot of times, these are old. I don't need them anymore. They're taking up so much space. I can hold down on one, and then I can hit delete. Delete, yeah. All right, so if I hit delete delete attachment, guess what? It's still there. Yeah, it takes a while. Again, that's the sinking thing. It doesn't delete. It might like three days from now. <laughs> or it might not. In yeah. fact, I was having this conversation right. with my kids the other day. He's, I was showing him how to do it. He goes, I know, they don't delete. I'm like, oh, thank you. It's not just me. <laughs> no, no, that's happened to me too. Yeah. So like, I will go something... through... Yeah, so I will go through to try to save up some space. Now, the one method I did find that works, but it is super time consuming, is if you go, if you have a Mac, and you have your messages synced, you can go to about this Mac. And then you go to where it says storage. Mm -hmm. And then what it'll do, it'll calculate. And then I go to the manage tab. And then what it does is on the left-hand side, it goes down and it shows you all your different um, categories. So I've got applications, books, iCloud Drive, mail, messages. So messages is showing I've got about five and a half gigs. So what it will do is you can, it'll give you a list and then you can um, look at it either by the last time you accessed it or by the size of the message. So for example, I have something here from... May 23rd, it's 37.6 megabytes, and I can look at it. It's a movie. Oh, okay. in there, too. Yep, so I've got a movie in there that uh, one of my kids sent of his house. So if I decide I don't want it, I can just delete it, and it yeah. will delete. It will delete. Oh, but interesting. I spent time doing this last week. Oh, my God. Took, it, I spent, <laughs> after like half an hour, I said, I'm done. Because I got rid of things like the GIFs, some of... Um, um, some um, screenshots, things like that. Like I'm at the stores, you know, take a picture of something for my husband. Do you want me oh, to buy this? Sort it by size. That's cool. Yep. So I did what I did. I sorted it by size and got rid of some of the bigger ones. And then I yeah. sorted it by last accessed, but oldest to newest. Right, right. Because things from, 19, uh, from 2019, I'm like, I don't need these. And if you send me a picture and it's something I want to keep, I immediately put it in photos. Mm-hmm. Right. So that way, if I delete the picture you sent me, it's no big deal because I've already kept it. Mm-hmm. So that's one way of getting rid of it. Now, I would, so I'll piggyback on this a little bit because this is fascinating. That I have seen this and I looked at it and I thought it was really cool, but I never really thought about it in the context that you're describing. So that is a really great tool. So let's just review really quick. So if you go to About This Mac and then you click on Storage, and I, don't, I didn't even wait for it to calculate, and then I clicked on what, Manage? Manage. And then down the left-hand side, it will give you a breakdown of everything. So like I have 122 gigs in photos. I have 50 gigs in music. 
six six gigs of mail, you know, so it breaks everything down. And then you can go into each category. And you can decide, do I want to keep this? Do I not? And you can also show it in Finder. So say for a document, I can look at, um, you know, an old an old GSE recorded, it will say show in Finder, and it will bring me to that that particular document, and I can decide, do I want to keep it? Do I not want to keep it? So I can either delete it from the finder, or I can just delete it within that managed storage box. I but just, at least this time it deletes. Yeah. I just, that's interesting that it, that it will only delete from here. Like, see, that's what I mean. Like the Mac ends up being the heavy lifter. So in this list, like I'm looking at the messages, I have, you know, 9.8 gigs and you know, I'm seeing all the columns, like you're saying, I sorted it by size. And say I just wanted to look at like the smaller ones down here, I can just click on something to select it, press the space bar, and it'll show me a preview. Like, really, mm-hmm. it's, it's the really quick snappy. look. Yeah, yeah just to look. make sure that that's something that like, like, oh, my gosh, like right here, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six gifts in a row. Yeah, bye bye. Yeah, you can you can shift click just like you were in the Finder. Like I, I don't even have to open up the Finder. I can just press the spacebar, preview it, and I can just press the down arrow key on the keyboard and just go through each one as I'm previewing it and really quickly. Like, yep, I don't want to keep that. Nope. I, yep, I want to keep that. I, nope, I don't want to keep that. And then you know, I can say, oh, here's a whole <laughs> here's a whole bunch of gifts that we texted back and forth each yeah, to each other, which I'm deleting yeah. right now. Yep, or you can right click. Yep, you can right click and it will delete. Yeah, nice. Oh my gosh, look at all these gifts. Nice. I mean, they're not taking up a whole lot of... Oh my gosh, there's like a... Right, but they build up over time. A ton of them here that are going to go bye-bye. So the other thing I was going to say is now, say you wanted to save these things. Like for me, for example, like right now, my mom is going through something where she's cleaning out my grandmother's place and there's a lot of stuff that she's processing, you know, candy dishes and family heirlooms and, you know, do you guys want this? Are you interested in that? That... That text thread has gotten to the point where like, oh, wait, did I tell her I wanted that dish? Oh, wait, now I want this one. <laughs> you know, what I do then is I go into iMazing. Mm-hmm. I think we've talked about that tool in the past. And that's where I can um, export a PDF. So say I, wanna, say I wanted to delete all this stuff. What I would do first is I would go into iMazing and use that tool to make a PDF of that whole message thread with all of the details and export it. And then I, that way I could keep it. I could even keep the attachments that were in there. You know, I could put all of the pictures that she's been sending about cleaning out the house in one folder or one area or in an album and photos and I can organize them that way. And then once I've done that, then I can use this tool that we were talking about in the uh, about this Mac tool and go and just obliterate it all. Just, you know, I know that I've gone and I've taken the stuff that I want to keep for sure. And then that leaves the stuff that's left and I can just kind of use this to mop up the rest. So that's a really great way to organize stuff and clear out your iCloud space. And and that's, you know, that's really one of the biggest reasons because you don't have a really large iCloud. See, I've been letting this go because we have, you know, because we're a family, we have the two terabyte one that's just something we've accepted that we need. Um, but there's going to come a time when <laughs> we might have to uh, go in and clean this stuff out. So better start thinking about it now before. It's yeah. Complete. And especially because, you know, kids. with I the three kids. of, well, with the three of us, we're yeah. always sending, you know, dumb little uh-huh. gifts, you know, and little things right. like that to ha ha ha. And after a while, it's like, I don't need this. And this is taken up. Wow, that was 2.4 megabytes. Well, consider when you have a whole bunch of those, all yes. of a sudden, you've got 
half a gig of these yep. dumb little things. Mm-hmm. Now, have you noticed then? So you did this on the Mac, and then when you went to check it in your on your phone, it's gone then. I'm assuming so, because so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm I'm going way back here. But like, oh my gosh, I, I I don't even know where these come from. I've got all these little stickers of me, <laughs> little emojis. I'm like, goodbye. Oh my gosh, there's a whole yeah. bunch of them here. Well, and you know, I mean, I love Apple, right? But you know, I'm also very critical of them too. You know darn well they're they're letting all this stuff build up. You know, hoping that you'll just buy more storage. And it's not just Apple that does it. Google does it. Like, oh, you don't have to delete anything. You know, just just let it just let it keep piling up, and we'll give you more storage. You just pay us. <laughs> it's just how it is. I'm just, I am just deleting away. Oh my gosh, there is like a Elisa's ton rabbit hole. Let's dig. I have got like a out. ton of little sticker pings here. Mm-hmm. They're they're nothing. They're like they're teeny teeny tiny, but right. still, but still, it, it adds up. It's just it makes your list that much longer. So mm-hmm. like goodbye. So that's uh, so that's contacts and then um, storage management on iOS. Again, these are things that we can do on the Mac, but we want to be able to do them in iOS, or at least you know if it says that you can delete it, then it should do what it says that it's going to do. So that's that's on our wish list. So why you know why doesn't that just work? <laughs> yeah, and the other thing that I have is copy and paste doesn't always work in iOS. So for example, if you are you're in an app with maybe some text and you highlight the text and you hit copy mm-hmm. and then you want to paste it, whether it's in a text message or Twitter or Facebook or whatever, I go, I, I like tap and nothing happens. And I mm-hmm. tap and nothing happens. I said, well, maybe it's my finger. So I get out my stylus and I tap and nothing happens. It doesn't get selected. And I, and I have to go back to my original mm-hmm. content, my original source, and highlight it again and copy it and go back. And sometimes I'm like, bad words, bad words, bad words. And I have to go to my Mac to do it. So is it a continuity thing that's broken? No, because I could be on my phone or my iPad. So I'm just going from one app to another on the same device. Mm, and okay. it's sometimes it just isn't, it's mm. not catching. Mm-hmm. Or say you're reading um, a newspaper article or, or something in Safari and you hit that little box with the up button to mm-hmm. share and you hit copy link. Mm-hmm. And then you go into Facebook or Twitter or whatever text message and you and go to copy paste. it and it doesn't pay. I'm like, oh, now I got to go back to Safari. Yeah, <laughs> I've got right. Multiple times. Huh. Interesting. So I've been finding that to be a royal pain. Hmm. Hmm. And you haven't even... What about continuity, though? Does that ever work for you? Have you ever done it between... I find continuity works great. Interesting. I find it works great. There's so many times. I mean, that, that just yeah, now really before, like before we um, recorded, you were looking for a, a page within Apple's website. I went on my iMac. I highlighted it, copied it, and then I just picked up my iPhone Opened up your text message, hit, hit, put my finger down, paste came up, I tapped on paste, there it was. <laughs> so you went the on-device copy and paste to work as well as the continuity copy and paste. Yeah, works. in fact, I'm looking at my, um, at my clipboard on my Mac, and it's showing the link. So hmm. it works, I think, for me, I know um, Scott Wilsey has always had a problem with continuity. It never seems to work for him. Hmm. I rarely have a problem. I mean, occasionally, occasionally it doesn't, mm-hmm. but yeah. most of the time, 
you know, if goddesses are not always with us. Yeah. I mean, I can take a picture that I see on a phone and I can copy, no, just use the copy, not physically copy, but just hit, you know, command C and copy it, go to my Mac, hit paste, and there it is. Have you used drop, um, airdrop? Yeah, all the time. And have you figured out a way to get it to go somewhere else besides the downloads folder? Because I haven't. It always goes to downloads. I wonder if there's a way to change the default. Usually when I'm using it, I hit open because I want to work with it right away. Okay. And then I save it to the desktop. Mm, okay. I just have, I know myself and a lot of people are like, well, where did it go? Where did it go? And, you know, I know that it goes in downloads, but I don't like things to go into the default downloads folder because then that's not synced to iCloud. I have a separate downloads folder that I created See, and that's another thing. When when you turn on iCloud Sync, it only gives you the option to check your desktop and your documents folders, not downloads. So downloads just lives on the hard drive. And again, I wonder what is the reason for that? <laughs> so, But that's not an iOS thing necessarily. That's more of a Mac thing. Um, what else do we have on our, our wish list? There was something else. The only thing I had we talked about last time was to make playlists in Apple Fitness. Yes, playlists in Apple Fitness and also for me, focus improvement. Like for example, I know that they talked about being able to customize focus and that's great, but it still doesn't address the problem of when I go out on a drive and I need to change the route that I'm on and get different directions to go somewhere else because do not driving is on, it doesn't allow me to make those requests for some reason. So I just want an improvement in there. Like I know that I shouldn't be using my phone while I'm driving, but I'm just using my voice to be able to get driving directions. I should be able to do that while I'm driving. I should be able to do hands-free operation. So, and again, I know I should just, I should just, you know, spend all my money on a brand new car that has <laughs> CarPlay and then all my problems would be solved, right? But no. That's but the need, answer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I needed to work in my 20-year-old car and I needed to work for a, quite a while longer because inflation. <laughs> so give it to us, Apple. Just fix that part. Yeah, workout playlist I, I really I really would like. So so that's I think that's our that's our wish list. Is there anything else that you were wishing for that wasn't addressed in the last event? Not offhand. Sure, um, we'll think of other things later. Yeah, we will. But uh Melissa, if listeners wanted to share with us their wish list of things that should be changed, how would they get in touch with us to share that information? Or if they tell us that it already exists and you have to push your dummy, <laughs> you can tell us those sorts of things. Uh, you can email us podcast at geekishowever.com. You can also access that by going to geekishowever.com, the website, and click on the contact form and you can fill that out. You can also tweet us at geekishow. Give us some feedback. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And if you wanted to reach us individually on Twitter, I am Elisa Paselli One. Melissa is the Mac Mommy, and you can also reach her on her website, themacmommy.com. So with that, we will wrap up episode 379 of Geeky Show Ever. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. And until then, please stay safe. 